Welcome back to episode 68 of Anime Deep Dive, the podcast that does in-depth reviews of different anime series. Due to the extent in which plot points will be discussed, a spoiler warning will now be in effect. This is a spoiler review, so if you haven't seen the series and are only looking for a recommendation, there will be a timestamp in the episode description you can skip to called Final Thoughts. This section will be spoiler-free where I give my overall opinion on the series and whether or not I think it's worth your time to watch it. So now that that's out of the way, let's deep dive into Maidsama. Released in 2010 by Studio JC Staff, it has 26 episodes and comes in both sub and dub. I watched the series in sub. The story follows Mizuki Aizawa, an overachiever who becomes Seka Academy's first female student council president, which is a huge accomplishment as Seka was formerly an all-boys academy, only allowing girls to enroll the past few years. Misa works tirelessly to make the school a better place while keeping on top of her academics, but it's made difficult by a challenging home life. Misa's father accumulated a large debt before abandoning the family, leaving her mother to work night shifts at a hospital and her sister entering every mail-in contest she can find. Their house is falling apart and money is tight, so Misa works part-time at a maid cafe. Embarrassed by the situation, she's mortified when Takami Usui, the most popular guy in school, sees her in full maid uniform. Assuming she'll be exposed, Misa dreads what her teachers and fellow students will think, only to be surprised when Usui keeps her job a secret. I notice Misa is so high-strung the other student council members are hesitant to approach her. She's a tyrant when it comes to decorum and actively patrols the campus looking for situations to insert herself. Her goal is to make the school more comfortable for girls, but cracking down on the boys is the wrong way to go about it. We see her treat the guys harshly and not listen to any of their ideas for the school festival. I understand every suggestion made was inappropriate, but Misa never tried to compromise or help them develop an acceptable contribution. And if she listened, the female classmates wanted to work with the boys to decide what they should do. If she was more open to communication and dropped the unequal treatment, the war camp cafe disaster could have been avoided. She also ruined sports days for the boys by entering every race and taking all the top prizes. I can get behind securing the kiss from Sakura, but she could have given them a chance in some of the other events. Obviously, that's just not in her nature. I mean, she's awarded the title Final Boss for being merciless at the cafe games. Something I was confused by is Misa's very strong. We see her lift heavy boxes, break free of handcuffs, and throw a heavy bag. She also trained in Aikido and has no problem smacking around her three groupies or popping Usui in the face. She took down a purse snatcher and subdued the two perverts targeting cafes, so being helpless when fighting off the rich student council president because he knows judo made no sense to me until doing some research. My understanding was it's all throws, but judo deals heavily in pinning an opponent. So I learned something new and it made Misa getting held down more believable. Luckily Usui has a clean spinning back kick booting in rich boy's office doors and preventing a sexual assault. I call him the rich student council president because I have no respect for him and he was only the first of many weirdos attracted to Misa. Which brings us to the band Sakura gushes over. I remembered the entire group being gross probably because of their cringe poster, but after seeing the scene again, it was only the lead singer who's a creep. I was happy the girls stood up for themselves and left, but Sakura learned nothing. She still loves the band and kept seeing the lead singer. Proving girls don't like nice guys, they enjoy being treated like trash. Sakura hit her friends with the, you just don't understand, he's changed. Like, come on, give me a break. Then there's Usui, our mysterious cool guy. With how much it was teased in the ending credits, I wanted back-to-back episodes exploring his upbringing. When I first watched the series, not getting his history was the biggest letdown. Hints are dropped he was part of high society, properly setting a table for afternoon tea, hustling the rich kid at chess, and being exceptional at the violin were all indicators. And when the girls follow him, he has a membership to the sports club, bought a tailored suit, and ate at a fancy restaurant which all cost big money. 
just to get it out in the open, Usui is a dreamboat. Tall, handsome, blonde hair, green eyes, top of his class, respected by the guys, loved by the girls. I'm not surprised he's turning down confessions daily. Usui is such a chick magnet, he flips the cliche of guys harassing schoolgirls for a good time. Two women comment on his appearance and ask to hang with him. On top of that, he cooks like a pro. I mean, I'd marry this guy. But as much as I'd like to just list off all of Usui's positive qualities, he is kind of a creep. Take the names out of it and see how he approaches Misa. A man discovers a woman's place of employment and begins showing up every day to watch her. He eventually gains a part-time position at the same establishment and goes to great lengths to get a photo with her. He became so possessive claiming she was his alone and went as far to follow her while out meeting new people. The man also engaged in unwanted physical contact pinning the woman against walls, grabbing her from behind and lifting her skirt. Nothing about that sounds romantic, it reads like the case file of a predator that needs to spend a few years in jail. Usui also uses Misa for personal entertainment, teasing her to no end and making crude statements causing her to feel uncomfortable every chance he gets. Though he wasn't all bad, Usui realized kissing Misa on the school roof caused her to be hesitant around him and is fairly considerate kissing Yukimura to put her mind at ease. Showing he's kiss happy with everyone so she has nothing to be worked up over. Actions like that while thoughtful tended to backfire, Misa never knows when to take Usui seriously. She always assumes he's messing around, causing her to question if he actually has genuine feelings for her. Misa and Usui do have some great moments. I really liked him fixing trouble spots in her house and putting a stop to her wearing a bathing suit with a hickey. Their hug in the woods after he frightened her was great, followed by them nearly kissing before getting interrupted by a firework. In their ending with Misa finally letting go, being honest and kissing Usui ignoring the fireworks this time was awesome. Now Meitsama's reputation as being a great romance anime and while I like both Misa and Usui, their relationship was far from epic. The opportunities for an authentic connection were few and far between. Usui kissing Misa and jumping off the school roof to retrieve their picture happens in episode 6. The next mature moment they have isn't until episode 14 when Usui desperately tries to keep Misa awake so she won't hate him from the hypnosis. The next time they both drop the bullshit is episode 24 when Usui in the cheesiest way casts the same true spell Misa did on the Moron Trio during Magical May Day because he wants to know her honest feelings towards him. The development built by these moments were taken away from by filler stories. They space out what could have been a consistent progression of Misa and Usui's relationship. The series would have been better off scrapping the following episodes. Kano's story played a part in bringing Misa and Usui together, but it was ridiculous. He has trouble speaking to girls, so he hypnotizes the student council members to not recruit more. The Peach Boy episode was dumb and added nothing overall. It felt randomly thrown in, and I get it's a dream, but stick to a topic. Usui makes it up as he goes, and the elements aren't even from the same time period. The Delinquent episode was a nice attempt to build on the Moron Trio, but a lot of time was wasted with them sitting around avoiding people while pretending to shoot a student film. Like, where's the urgency to save their kidnapped friend? It's not a bad episode, but it also wasn't needed. After injuring both his arms, Usui and Misa are getting close in his apartment. Then it's interrupted by Yukimura's little sister episode, which was pointless. Usui is forced on a date with a seven-year-old and wears a prince uniform in public. The situation is both gross and weird, with Oi's photo shoot as the second half that didn't even character build as I'm sure it was intended. Then the next episode picks up with Yukimura stating Usui had been away from school due to his arm injuries and is back now. When the episode just mentioned had Usui already at school while getting roped into being a prince. It had that filler story make even less sense and more out of place than it already was. If you cut out these episodes and a few other sections of fluff, not only would the relationship building be better, the series as a whole would have benefited. 
Moving on, Hinata is the childhood friend of Misa who moved away after his parents were killed in a car accident. He returned to find Misa believing she's his true love and I'm starting to think Misa's mother tries to make her life difficult. She brought Hinata home the same way she did Usui but this time I think she did it for herself. Susana comments a man I've never seen before, will he be our new father? Then at dinner the mom starts talking about how sturdy and handsome Hinata's become. I think he should bail on Misa and go for the mom. I mean there's little doubt Misa developed a crush on Usui and no disrespect to Hinata he's a good looking dude but overcoming Usui wasn't going to happen. Though I will give credit where it's due, unlike the other guys at school, he's not intimidated by Usui in the slightest. And Usui actually seemed threatened by Hinata which brings out an insecure side. I think adding Hinata so late in the season was a mistake, the only angle the series could have taken to make him an actual rival is if Misa liked them when they were children. Usui is a bit of an abrasive jerk so competing against a nice guy like Hinata the childhood crush he was separated from could create an interesting dynamic for Misa's affection. Unfortunately she only viewed him as a dense klutz. She was kind to him because she's a good person, not because she had feelings for him. And I have to say I really respect Hinata for not interfering when Usui and Misa were talking in the alley, but maybe he should have. His story just ends with him sat in a tree without closure. Now I have to preface the next character section with an explanation. Throughout the season, my interpretation of their name was Oi. Once or twice I would switch over to the dub and it's pronounced completely different. Imagine a toddler hurt themselves and said I have an owie. That's how the dub says the name. I was laughing like what idiot approved that enunciation and never thought of it again until the day before recording this review. I heard another anime call a character with the same name Aoi and immediately panicked thinking I'd been saying it wrong the entire time. So I quickly did some research which only confused me more. I found three videos confirming Aoi is correct, two videos and another anime backing me up with Oi, then an article and a video throwing Aoi into the mix. My plan was to say the name once muffled so no one could tell if I said it right, then decided screw it. I'm going to say Oi and if that's incorrect, sue me. Oi is the chief's niece and well-known internet idol. She posts photos of herself in extravagant clothes online and at first glance seems to simply thrive off the attention but is quickly shown to have a dark side. She set her sights on Usui who doesn't give her the time of day because he knows early on Oi is in fact a boy. My first time watching I had no idea Oi was a guy. Rewatching now, I can't not see a boy's face even when they have the wig on. In the cute outfits they wear being secondhand from the chief makes so much sense. With her fantasies, of course she would own over-the-top dresses. I felt bad for Oi wanting to be accepted by the school kids who mocked them for enjoying cute things, but what really got me was trying to understand a father kicking their child over being different. Don't get me wrong, I'm sure it's not uncommon, but I've never seen anything like that. Oi is so young, the fact their father would throw them out of the house is terrible. Oi also argued with Nagisa at the beach claiming they'd been that way their whole life. No matter if people think they're crazy or sick, that's who they are, it's what makes them most comfortable. I don't understand gender identity issues and I won't act like I do. All I know is it's tough to argue with a speech like that. But I will say one slap on the ass from Misa while cleaning the showers and Oi looked like they were ready to be a man. I thought they'd fall in love with Misa right then and there. Oi and Misa's dynamic is funny because they're such opposites. Misa has everything Oi wants but doesn't take advantage of it. She dresses in what's cheap, not cute, which drives Oi up the wall. And a focus is put on Oi's cross-dressing but throughout the series Misa dresses as a boy multiple times. Maybe working as a maid isn't Misa's only secret. Maybe she relates to Oi on a deeper level which is why she's so keen to lend support. Just to end on a laugh, Oi's funniest moment is when Usui carries them into the men's public bath while in full drag. As for the production, Maid-sama has a lot of fun animations and art style switches, 
The idiot trio walking anywhere with their grey bodies would be an example. And when the girls disguise themselves as boys to participate in the hiring day, they're surrounded by a crowd of grey signifying the large amount of people who showed up to apply. In the bottom left hand corner, one guy stood out for not only being coloured in, but he's rocking orange sunglasses and a giant afro. Later an afro was making its way through another sea of grey during the ending school festival. It was super random but really funny to only draw that one person. But the visual I really wanted to point out is when Mies is given a poster and DVDs to study for the Magical Maid event. The drawings are identical to the characters in the Familiar of Zero series which is no surprise as JC staff animated both shows. As for the music, the opening song My Secret by Saya Mizuno was a bop and even the background tracks have been stuck in my head the past few days. But the second ending song Loop by Heidi is what really got my attention. While looking up the artist, I watched the music video and the first comment said I'd swing the other way for Usui. I'm happy it's a universal thing and Usui just has that effect on guys. I was getting worried about myself. During Hinata's introduction, a group of girls give him a once-over complimenting his looks before the moron trio walks by. I think the series was trying to have the girls change the subject of talking about guys so they wouldn't have to say anything about these three, but it was the most random lines. One girl talks about her lunchbox, the other about impressions, and the third goes far out asking if CBS bought Fender in 1965. I was so confused I checked the dub to see its take on this scene and it kept the nonsense wording exactly the same. While on the dub, I thought it was horrible. None of the characters I heard had a voice that matched their appearance. David Matranja didn't give Usui the cool suaveness he should. Hinata's dub voice actor Santry Rush made him sound 40 years old. And Monica Rial is exceptionally bad, her Misa was terrible. She also does a lackluster Bulma in Dragon Ball and I'm surprised she was chosen for this role given how a Yumi Fujimura sounds in the original version. The Japanese cast did so much better. Nobuhiku Akamoto, the voice of Usui, was also Rin and Blue Exorcist. These characters are completely different, I would have never guessed they were voiced by the same actor. I heard no similarities which is a sign of a job well done. Kana Hanazawa was the voice of Sakura. I thought she sounded familiar but didn't place her voice until seeing the cast list. Now I just want to get into a couple of highlights. The three clowns annoyed by Misa for constantly being on their case end up falling for her and showing up to the cafe more than Usui. They were my source of laughter. Seeing them waiting in front of the cafe during the beach trip was too funny. I felt bad Misa always blew them off and gave them a hard time when all they want is a picture. They saved up all their points and got destroyed in an instant. Surprisingly Usui goes to these three when trying to decide what color best suits Misa. My first choices were purple then red which is exactly what the clowns pick. I guess I'm the unofficial fourth member making us an idiot quartet. Hinata was overweight as a child but living with his grandparents on a farm eating only vegetables slimmed him down. I thought he'd better be careful with all the bread crust and candy he munches on or the weight will be gained back in no time. Now I didn't even know bag bread crusts were even a thing. Megumi was caught stealing them in last week's series Konosuba 2 and as I was writing both these reviews I saw them on sale at my local grocery store. It's funny how you notice things when they're fresh in your mind. Now let's get into the nitpicks. When Usui sticks around the alley when he saw Misa dressed as a maid, he starts doing lunges while talking to her. It was really creepy. During a conversation where the chief is expressing her fantasies to Misa, she's meant to be raising her index finger, but the way it's drawn makes it appear like she's flipping Misa off. Usui sees Misa has the two creeps who broke into the cafe handled, but still shatters the patio window like what was the point of that? The quintuplets that become Misa's disciples had no unique features, it's the same drawing replicated over and over. You can argue it's because they're meant to be identical, but I think it was to make shoving them all in frame easier. 
Any decent pair of spectacles should elevate a girl to sexy librarian status, but when it came to Mizan Glasses Day, she couldn't pull it off. The frames made her look middle-aged more than anything. During a scene in the student council office, Usui is thanked for helping Yukimura by removing some papers from a large stack, but when you look at it, he barely took a third of the papers, so he really didn't help at all. On his lavish day, Usui is aware of being followed and put on a speedo to show off. His name should be Christian or something equally pompous. After following Usui all day, the girls abandon Misa letting her walk home alone in the dark like what terrible friends. And after being disguised all day, why did Misa expose herself to Usui at the end? Misa and Usui are standing next to one another in the opening. They made his neck so long in that shot, he looks gigantic. The rich student council president's crew actually brought a red carpet to walk along when he came to speak to Misa about transferring. Which isn't a surprise after seeing their school, if you can even call it that, the place is more like a mansion. During the Butler Camp episodes, the idea of if we show them how good we are at our job, they won't want to buy this building for their business is not how capitalism works. When Misa falls out of the ring during the Butler auditions, two of the supporting ropes snapped when she barely leaned against them. This made no sense, but even worse, the ropes were perfectly intact in the next shot of the stage. During the Rory storyline, how did the cabinet in the fancy cafe fall over when nothing touched it? If the teachers know the boys get creepy on the fourth day of mountain training, why in the hell do they go back every year? The moron trio believe Hinata already got to the food meant for their barbecue, but the evidence is left over bread crusts. That makes no sense as Hinata wouldn't leave crusts behind, he'd eat them on the spot or bag them for another day. Misa didn't need to enter the eating contest, she should have known Hinata would handle that for her. And the prize for a sweet eating contest being more sweets is evil. I feel like a person would puke just looking at those cookies. The plan for Misa to disappear during lunch with Hinata to disguise herself and take a picture with him was dumb. If neither the maid Misa or his crush are seen together, wouldn't it be obvious they're the same person? They should have let Oi pretend to be Misa and take the photo with Mizuki at the table. Not that it mattered as she just reveals her secret to Hinata anyways. Quote of the series. Quote of the series comes from Misa calling Usui a perverted alien from planet Pheromone. It sums him up perfectly. Best girl, waifu, and harem. Best girl is of course Misa. She's the star of the show and her only real flaw is being easily embarrassed. She's not a waifu to me, but I understand why a large majority of people consider her one. As for the harem, let's get this list started. Misa's mom is a MILF and needed in the harem. Ayako Kawasumi voiced both Misa's mom and Saber in the Fate series. Good on her for voicing two super baddies. Next is Nagisa, my tanned beach babe, followed by Erika, the one maid who can't dress as a guy because those things can't be hidden. And the final lady is Mochi, one of the cook sisters at the cafe. Final thoughts. I heard so many good things about Maid-sama, I had to watch it. The story was a nice romance with likable characters, but I don't feel it needed 26 episodes. Regardless of the extended length, I'd recommend you check out this show if you haven't already. Alright, that's going to be it for this week's review. Hope to catch you in the next one. Bye.